0: On today's episode of the Grind Hours podcast, I've got an old friend on the line, one of the OGs, the person that was on this first episode of this, and the 199th, it's been a while since he's been on, but uh, I got Nick on the line, and it's a special day here, because one thing that we like to do, at least you and I, Nick, is go over the landscape of the radio and podcasting in terms of sports. And Mm -hmm. the day that we're recording this on Wednesday, the news just broke about Mike Golick being let go in August from his contract with ESPN, at least on the radio side. And the reason why I think this is interesting is it's a complete change of the guard. Um, The fan went through this about two three years ago now when uh when francesa i think it was two years ago at this point when francesa said he was going to retire and
1: -hmm. and we had the the carlin and bart and maggie experiment
0: the cmb experiment supposedly going to transition the fan into a new wave of what they currently are and they are okay it is fine but it is not I would, I would hope this, that you would think that it's not the uh, equivalent that New York sports radio should be. There's a there's a standard in this city that it has to be at a certain level. And Frances and the Mad Dog for years ruled the sports landscape, not only in New York City but in the country and in the world with the way that they ran their show. And Nick, you and I are in agreement that the K Show is that gold standard now. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, let's run through the books before we get to how this is going to completely change the the landscape of ESPN. So for the spring book of twenty twenty, from the three to six hour, when the K Show is on, competing against Beningo and Roberts for the fan, the K Show had a 5.2 book compared to 3.2 for the fan. And in the morning, the 6 to 10, the Boomerang Geo versus the ending Golick and Wingo, mm-hmm. 5.5 and 1.4 respectively. And I was on the phone with the cuz earlier, and we were talking about how the books are going to be janky anyway because no one's getting in their car anymore and turning on the radio because of the pandemic so the numbers are going to be a little bit skewed anyway i don't think that espn should overreact based off of one book i don't think that's what they're doing but what is your sense with the announcement to move on from one of the cornerstones in national radio in Mike Golick and completely ending the I guess you could say our childhood version of sports radio
1: I mean yeah it's it's he was kind of the last holdout I mean if you look at like the national landscape right um so when we when we were growing up like it was Mike and Mike in the morning right it was it was the herd in the late morning then it was Scott Van Pelt, then it was Dan Lebetard, and then it was Freddie Coleman in the afternoon. And we usually didn't get Lebetard because we were we got the K-Show, we got the local affiliates. Right. But, you know, and Levitard is still going, he's changed time slots, so he's in the morning now, I think. And he's mostly on TV now, so he's not even, it's not even really a radio vehicle at this point. And then Calvert has obviously left, he's gone to Fox Sports, uh, Mike and Mike is no more, and now the sort of the bastard child of Mike and Mike Golic and Wingo is no more. Um, well, here's
0: what ESPN's is going to do
1: to replace the
0: Golic and Wingo vehicle. Yeah. If you're a friend of the, the, uh, the case <laughs> show from six to 10, it is Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams and uh, Zuba Zubin Mahadi, who is a uh, sports center mm-hmm. anchor. They're taking over that time slot. Lebertard is staying in the mid-morning from 10 to noon. From noon to 2, Mike Greenberg is coming back and he'll have his own show. And then from 2 to 4, Max Kellerman will have his own show. And this is all starting on August 17th. So a little, we're a little bit premature with um, with our analysis of this. And I'm sure you and I will have a reaction to the... Just how well it goes, and whether Kellerman can actually hold a show on the radio, or if Greenberg has a little bit of road bumps for getting back and getting his sea legs back underneath him. Mm-hmm. For me, the biggest thing is I just can't get over the. This is the end. Like this is the end of an era, and I don't know what sports radio is going to look like. The K show has survived. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, like, the only reason why I can say that they survived is because they're good. I don't know how to describe it other than to say that they have it.
1: And the, the thing about them also is they're, they're on a local affiliate. I mean, 98.7, we're, we're, we're looking at kind of like the national thing in terms of what's happening with, with Mike Golick. But for the local affiliates, I mean, K is got, he's the Yankees guy la Greca is a new york staple peter rosenberg is a new york staple they have they, they have probably the equivalent of, uh, equivalent of a lifetime contract you know what i mean and the same thing goes for like um same thing probably goes for like alan Hahn on that station at this point or right. or uh dave rothenberg like they'll be around as long as they want to be around but on the national scale you're right. It really is like the end of an era, and it's 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 sad because you know we have so many memories of waking up in the morning, Golick and Mike Golick and Mike Greenberg in the morning, and it's 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 sad to see this titan of the industry move on. I mean, I I don't I don't know the depth of the the analysis about whether he's being let go or if this this is Mike Golick's choice to move forward. If it's his choice, then. Uh, you know, more power oh, yeah. to so, him. Like I wish him all the best in whatever Microsoft he wants to do. And... But if he's, if he's, right. if it, this is like ESPN sort of letting him go, I really don't understand it because he still has a lot of star power, as much as you can have in the radio business. He's still great at what he does. Sure, the the chemistry between him and Trey Wingo isn't what it was with him and Mike Greenberg, but what could be?
0: It's not going yeah. to be. Because the thing with with Greenberg and Golick, they were, one, their original shows weren't all that great. Mm -hmm. They didn't think it was going, both of them have come out and said, we didn't think it was going to Mm -hmm. work when we initially sat down for the first couple of shows and tested this thing out. Then they lasted like 18 years together. So that chemistry of working with a guy for 18 years is going to be different than a manufactured, hey, we just we replaced you with one of our icons. Fill in, Wingo. And that's another thing. Wingo, I think, is going to be let go completely. His contract is up at the end of this year. He doesn't have a radio show mm-hmm. anymore. He's not on on the NFL Live stuff anymore. So he might be moving to Fox as well. I say all of that to ask you, do you think the national radio show is dead? Because the first one that was really, like, went off the air and it was a big impact for me was SVP and Rosillo, because I love those Mm -hmm. guys. I used to listen to those guys all all the time when we were in school, in high school. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think the first domino to fall in this, then it was Greenberg and Golik. And then it's just Stephen A has even taken a backseat with his national show uh, to some regard. So do you think a national radio show in 2020,
1: when it comes to sports, can it work? I mean, I, I think it can, and this is the really confusing thing to me about what ESPN is doing. I think it definitely can work and we can see the proof of that in what Fox sports has done because the H.E.R.D. is a big success over there. And um, a lot of their supporting shows are, are still really successful, you know. And and so it doesn't make sense to me what – I don't think ESPN is – it goes back to what you were saying about, you know, it took a while for Mike and Mike to figure it out. It, it takes a while for these chemistries to naturally build. We know from listening to years of the K show when it was – when Peter Rosenberg started out of the show, it took a while to get in right. the swing of things. Mike and the Mad Dog didn't get weren't getting along at first. They didn't think that was going to work, but it obviously did, and it became this this cultural staple of American sports. And um, I don't see any. I just don't see with the the way they constantly are changing the lineup of shows. I don't see any collective vision here from ESPN. Uh, administration about building national brands. I mean, Stephen A. Smith is probably the best-known ESPN personality they have. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone loves Stephen A. Smith, but he's not on the national radio. That doesn't make sense. And then the 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 K Show equivalent national time slot. You know, the two or three to six or whatever time slot has changed how mm-hmm. many times? I mean, it was. It was Stephen A., and then they bumped him up. And then it was Will Kane, but now they got rid of Will Kane, and now they're, they're going with Max Kellerman. And I bet you that Max Kellerman is going to be bumped out in a couple of months, and they're going to bring somebody else in. It just doesn't make sense if you're trying to build a national brand and if you're trying to put these people on the radio and, and, and get them successful and get them to where a point where people know them by name and people they have they have fan bases and they have all this stuff going for them and the shows are successful you have to give it time to develop and it seems to me like espn is just not giving these guys time to develop and i'm not really sure why that is
0: let's take a quick break i want to talk about this more but we'll take a quick break and uh we'll get right back on this Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Greene, Putnam and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistance programs. Through an app assisted network of food donors, volunteers and feeding agencies, Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing and distribution locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistant programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chowmatch app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year on average, Feed Hudson Valley rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit FeedHV.org. Again, that's FeedHV.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. All right, in the first block, we were getting into how ESPN has just completely botched the... their Like, they have no competence when it comes to the national radio scale, Or even, you want to drag it out even further the podcasting realm. They don't really have an idea of what to do there. They're still producing podcasts like it's 2005, like to, not 2005, because podcasting was around in 2005, but like 2008, 2009, when podcasting was still in its infancy, they're still doing rollout ads for Progressive and Geico and like Windows.com or whatever. Like They're not having built-in ads and for the radio show on, on a national level, I don't think that this Keyshawn, Jay Williams, and uh, Zuban Mahadi show is going to do all that well either because nobody of that bunch has really any radio experience. Has Keyshawn Johnson been on Golick and uh, Greenberg a couple of times and Golik and Wingo as well? Yes, but it's not like he was a main sub in mm-hmm so you give guys like that an opportunity to, to go on the radio it's gonna flop same thing with with uh, bart like there's a reason why bart scott has flipped back and forth between espn and fan two mm-hmm. times he doesn't have what it takes to be on the radio is he a good uh football analysis uh, uh analysis yes Does he have some good points here and there about baseball and basketball? Sure, but that's not where his bread is buttered. buttered. Mm -hmm. The the ability to come off of the field or come off the court and be a good sports broadcaster is extremely rare, especially when it comes to radio or podcasting. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can do it. And, and,
1: and I don't understand why in particular these guys are being chosen. I have mean, nothing against Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Zubin. I'm not really familiar with Zubin, so I can't comment on um, what, whether he'll be a success he or was, not. But.
0: I think he's the uh, the guy that does the, the college basketball halftime shows, and occasionally he's on ESPN News for SportsCenter.
1: Okay. I, I So, mean, I,
0: like, if you saw his face, you'd know who it is and yeah he's a, he's he's got a good voice i don't know if he can run a radio show okay. that'll be remain to be seen as well Keyshawn johnson same thing and maybe it's just a personal bias because i don't like jay williams and i don't think that he has any good points <laughs> like i just i don't think he's that good that's just me and you can come at me all you want um fine i'm okay with that no but, but
1: I, I i'm with you and it doesn't i'm surprised that like they would choose these guys who don't have experience, when there are guys in the ESPN lineup who have the ability to go to like old nemesis of the sh- of me and the show, Bomani Jones, for example. <laughs> Bomani's podcasts are great. He's got it. He's got the voice. He's got the know how. He's got the the talent to anchor a radio show. Why isn't he doing it? He's not on TV right now, and they have him under contract. Why not give him a show? I think I think Mina Kimes is really great as a podcaster. If you gave her and like her her buddy Katie Nolan a show, that would probably do great numbers. They have a lot of great chemistry together. You don't that have to build.
0: Be, oh my god! You
1: don't have to build something from nothing. There, you can just give them a show. They already do podcasts. They already know their way around the radio system. It 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 well, it, it blows my mind that they're not taking these chances on people that they already have in house
0: Mina Kimes is going to NFL live I think full-time and giving up her spot on ESPN daily that the podcast that they do it which is the actually one of the only podcasts that ESPN has actually like produced well and it's fantastic. I love it. I tune into it every single day, and it's 20 minutes. It's in and out, and you're done. And you're, and it's great. And she does a fantastic job with it. Mm-hmm. That's going to Pablo Torre, who is another one of my favorites, and I can't wait to like. He's gonna. He's great too. I, Give him a show. He's gonna do that well with flying colors. I don't know why they didn't transition to High Noon, the Bomani and Pablo vehicle into some sort of podcast radio show
1: right because it's not doing great tv numbers and it, it it ultimately was not successful on television but it both of those guys are radio guys it could be great right. on radio and why like yeah I, like I, I have nothing against max kellerman but max kellerman is on first take why does he need a radio show in addition to first take
0: well that the From what I read with what's going to be planned for, for Kellerman's show, it's kind of similar to Stephen A, where they just kind of expand on what was being talked about on first take and take calls, which, yeah, I'm fine with. Do you want to put that for two hours? Not really, especially when Stephen A is the, the superior talent.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't, to it, it's, Stephen A is the one everybody knows to give the job to Stephen A.
0: If Max was going to do a boxing podcast, fine. He is the creme de la creme when it comes to boxing. Mm-hmm. Like he is the guy. So, the decisions to try to tr- give other people plat- like major platforms when, you're right, you have people in-house who have been working for years, maybe not on the radio side specifically, but They have the talent to succeed. And if you give a guy like Pablo Torrio, Bomani Jones, or the the Katie Nolan and Mina Kimes radio show, would be an all-timer.
1: Dude, that would be phenomenal. Imagine that. That that could be your one o'clock to four o'clock show right there. Right. And it would. That would drive.
0: Not only would that be fantastic just because those two in their own right are amazing, but it could be, and I I feel like I've been saying this a lot, a good PR
1: move. 100%. Because you give give
0: two women a massive platform to lead a new, they're pioneers. Yeah. They'd be pioneers. So... It's extremely head scratching. Am I okay? Like am I happy for Mike Greenberg who's gonna come back to radio and he like he is the the king of teases. The coming up le, le, like that is when I think of right, that's itching in my brain same the same with uh Frances's back after this. Like those two are the phrases you hear in your head when you're thinking about sports talk radio when it comes to transitions and like you could think of a million different things with the K show as well, but I, I, I don't know. I really don't, I don't get it. I don't. And I, I want to understand it, but for a company that has pretty much struck gold with everything that they've touched since the turn of the millennia with the way that they've reinvigorated sports center to a certain degree because they've had a lot of flops on that end. The 30 for 30 where they've taken the documentary genre and owned it for almost 15 years now. Mm -hmm. They consistently do not get it right on the audio side and it doesn't make a lick of sense. Because if you have all of that talent, and the amount of talent that they've just gave up on, they canceled the Rosillo and SVP show for
1: for what? For basically Peanuts? no reason. Where's uh, Where's Michelle Beadle at now? She was great. Right, she was awesome, and
0: that's one of the rising stars of the K show. hmm So I I just. I don't get it. Um, I want to end on this because you and I are uh, aspiring radio hosts, and we've already petitioned to the fan to hire us for the the, the week or the weekday drive slot. Uh, but yeah, where do you see the medium of sports talk radio? Both on a national and a local level, moving with this change.
1: Um I mean, I think local radio is still alive and well. I mean, I we've said before, radio will never die It's because it's the only free form of communication in America. Everyone, you know, radio just ships and, and local radio is still alive and well. The K Show is proof of that. At Joe and Evan is proof of that. Boomer and Geo and the Warding is proof of that. People still tune into these shows and love these shows. Um, I think national radio, because of the way podcasting has taken off, it's kind of it's kind of thrown a monkey wrench into that industry, and it is suffering. I don't think it'll go away but it is suffering but they're also not doing themselves any favors and that's really the gist of i think what we've been talking about all day is like espn is not doing itself any favors and trying to compete with the podcast world and um i think unless unless changes are made in their business strategy and their lineup strategy and who they're choosing to promote over others then it will continue to go downhill for national radio, at least on the ESPN side for the foreseeable future. And I mean, like Fox, like we said, Fox Sports is doing better, but they're not invincible either. If they make mistakes, if like, if Cowherd decides tomorrow that he's going to retire and then they fill the, they fill the spot with like, not I don't know, like, Doug God, yeah, Doug Gottlieb or something like people will people will leave in droves for the next big thing, but yeah, I, I I think it's a I think nationally speaking, radio is in a precarious position right now, and I'm very interested to see what they do because they won't die ever, and I I'm pretty I think they know that, but they they can certainly lose even more of the market share than they already have, and if they keep making questionable decisions like this then it's just going to exacerbate the problem i think and you know we could be wrong maybe all of these right. shows turn into hits but well that's not i mean come on
0: statistically come on and that's logically, very unlikely it's not gonna happen there they, there will be some successes yeah and maybe greenberg's second return to radio will be a success given that he has now even more of a national platform with get up but What I'm interested to see, especially on a national level, is whether or not do it like and I've said this privately and just throwing the idea around to a couple of people that I know, what would podcast like announcing a podcast and putting it live for the first hour before releasing it to the public on live radio? What would that do and how would that do on a radio for in terms of a rating like for example let's say you have an hour slot from 11 to noon and ev- on Mondays and every Monday you put out your hour podcast before putting it out on Spotify and Apple and Google and whatever and seeing how that would do I'm just I'm really interested. And I know there is a level of taking calls to a live radio show that injects life into the show, but I think that is the best bet for national radio is doing podcasting and then putting in localized ads for the ad slots. Like if you're in New York, you're hearing an ad for a furniture store in New York. And if you're in Texas, you got the national gro- the, the Texas grocery chain doing an ad there. So what would you think about that? And we'll end on that.
1: I think that would be monumental. I would love to see something like that where people are taking calls and then the podcast goes live afterwards. I think that would be. It, it, that would be the perfect way to marry the two sides of the same coin, and, and and get turn it from competing industries into somewhat of one industry. I I think that would be very interesting. I don't know of any anybody that's tried that before. Uh, I would love to see it, and um, you know we'll see what happens. There's probably like I don't know. Maybe you would have to. I guess you wouldn't have to go through like. Liable contracts. If people are calling in, they know that they're going to put, get posted on online eventually. Well, no, anyway. I, mean, like, so, I don't uh, think you, you would you...
0: even have calls. I just put the show out for an hour and people are listening to the show for an hour in their car. Mm-hmm. And then it's out to the public for, for mass consumption. How many people would tune in live for that first rating? And I know that people will say, well, how is that any different from a regular radio show? It's different for the format. All the podcasts, all the radio show podcasts are just snippets of the live show. I'm saying pre record the show first mm-hmm. before you put it out and and debut it. I don't know. If that if I was a, a figurehead at Entercom or Disney, that's what I would do. Is mess around with that. And even then, like you could give the, that hour slot to Mina Kimes and, and Katie Nolan or Beaumont and, and Pablo Torre. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, that's my big idea. And if somebody hears that and takes it, I, I'm going to come back for royalties. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. Le- <laughs> let this be a receipt for, for future. If anybody tries this, I'm, I'm, I'm coming at you for some, uh, creative royalties please and thank you but um i think that's a good place to end mm-hmm. nick thank you for very so much for coming on today and to talk about this uh i'm happy to to get it on wax and not just talk about it through text or, or call you about it
1: oh yeah man thank you for having me it's always Let fun people
0: know where they can get you and uh, if you got a movie review now is the time to uh to do all that sort of stuff
1: all right, all the good stuff. So you can find me on um, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, at Nick Parodies. Um, got a YouTube channel that I hardly ever post on, almost never, but you can follow me there. Um, so latest, latest uh, good film I watched is uh, an Oliver Stone production. Uh, not an Oliver Stone movie, but an Oliver Stone production. It's called The People vs. Larry I've Flint. It, Have you ever heard I've this? I've
0: seen, I think, about a half hour of it.
1: So it's, uh, it stars Woody Harrelson, Courtney Love, and Edward Norton. Yes, that Courtney Love, who was married to Kurt Cobain. Um, and it's the story of Larry Flint, basically the the publisher of Hustler magazine, who lived the hedonistic, you know, <laughs> sex, drugs, and and women lifestyle and uh became hated by the religious right and like the the Jerry Falwells of the world for his um for for uh his 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 uh mainstream expansion of pornography and, and porn magazines and stuff like that. And then um he became like this champion for free speech and he goes to the Supreme Court and fights for his ability to say and publish what he wants and it's a it's a really really cool movie about like this this unexpected hero of every the everyday man's uh right to say and do what they want about you you don't think of like a a porn producer as being porn magazine producer as being this american hero but that's what the movie is about and um Woody Harrelson does a great job in the role. Courtney Love plays his stripper wife, obviously the part that Courtney Love (laughs) was born to play. Um, Edward Norton is in it, is one of his first movies actually. He plays uh, Larry Flint's lawyer, does a great job. And um, Woody Harrelson's real life brother plays Larry Flint's brother, which is pretty cool. That's awesome.
0: On this side of the coin, not the fake J Leo, jdatasports.blogspot.com. And, of course, this podcast. If you reached the end of the show, please like, subscribe, share with anybody who you seem fit. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. And, uh, you know, if you're new around here, we like to end the show a certain way. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Have a good weekend. Peace.